Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things that are happening in pop culture and interviewing the people that make it pop. On today's show, we are covering another edition of our Pop Culture Roundup. You know, there's a chill in the air, the leaves are turning, and pop culture stories are burning up. I'm ke- the, what are the things keeping me up at night? What are the things keeping you entertained? We're going to try to cover it all today. Um, but before we do, I just have to give you this PSA because I'm feeling like manic today. I'm feeling all over the place. And I'm like, I'm going to try to hone it in. I'm going to try not to like ramble on. And I'm going to try to like be really succinct in our in our pop culture stories so that we can then, you know, kiki online about them because I just I like to do these pop culture roundups because I you know I dip in to say like here's what's keeping me up or here's the story that's breaking in my world and then I love to hear from you on kind of what your like take is on it and so I want to keep it succinct but I also feel like I said I'm feeling just all over the place and I think you guys know why because on Tuesday this week Britney Spears dropped her memoir The Woman in Me And if you listened to my last episode, the Britney Spears deep dive with Jordan Miller, founder of Breathe Heavy, you know that I am. And if you've also listened to any of the episodes of this podcast, you know that Britney Spears is my number one pop culture, pop goddess. She is my life in so many ways. 25 years ago, this woman entered my life in such a massive way. And I I rediscovered myself when I discovered Britney Spears. And so absorbing her memoir and her story and her words on her terms it's been a roller coaster and i'm like i'm so happy for her but it's also such a heart-wrenching story and there's so many things i mean literally from the get-go you're getting some like really tragic things that have happened in her life and in her family sort of history that like really sets the tone for all the things that are to come. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a full episode dedicated to sort of recap and review the, the book, but yeah, it's just been a roller coaster. And then in addition to that, we have been just traveling like crazy. My husband and I, um, well, we haven't, I guess, been traveling so much. See here, I, here I already go. I can't even get my word straight, but we had, um, We had guests that came two weekends in a row. Um, Some of our best friends came to visit us here in Nashville and so much fun to see them and like have a blast and catch up. And, you know, that's something that like truly gives me and my husband both like just energy. We love being around friends, the people that are like chosen family for us. Like we love bringing them in and hosting them and just spending time catching up. And so it's been so refreshing. Um, And then, after that, we a couple of weekends ago, we uh, flew to L.A. Uh, to surprise one of our other best friends for his birthday and uh, shout out to Hooter. Um, we are. But it was like exhausting. It was like we were just like go every weekend. There was something. And, um, you know, this last weekend we were like, oh, we're going to take it easy. We're going to chill. We're going to relax. That didn't quite happen the way that we had hoped, but that's also very us. Like we say, we set out to say like, we're going to have a chill weekend and then we like pack it full of, of things. Um, but yeah, it was just like, there was so much going on and it's been so chaotic and, 
and by the way, the chaos continues because this weekend, friend of the podcast who hasn't been on, but she's going to be, um, Emily, she, I've given her shout outs on this podcast before, but now I'm giving her a real one because this weekend is her birthday. She's my Scorpio queen and my soul sister. And I am so excited to celebrate her this weekend. And so we've got, you know, some big plans for that. And then, uh, the following weekend, because I, I have a birthday. And so I'm going to be celebrating that with all of my favorite people as well. And so it's just, you know, it's been like a really, really amazing like month, six weeks. I don't know um, how long this is going on, but it's it's really, truly also I thrive in the fall. So this is my like season that I come alive and I'm just so, you know, I'm feeling good. But I'm also, like I said, like I'm on the heels of the woman in me. Um, you know, Danny Pellegrino released his new book on Tuesday as well. Shout out to him if you, he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Jolliest Bunch. Uh, it's so funny. It's like a great holiday classic. It's something that you could pick up year over year and check out. And so that came out. So that's been like a nice soft landing to some of the like, you know, harder stuff that we've been reading about Brittany. Um, and she is in the news. And like I said, we're going to get into our pop culture topics now, but I'm not going to cover a lot of the stuff that is in the book and the revelations that came from the book because we have an, a dedicated episode coming to the woman about the woman and me coming. So hold on for those. We are definitely going to talk about them, but I want to give myself some time and space to sort of fully absorb the book and then deliver back my thoughts to all of you. And then we can kiki online about it. Um, but what are we talking about outside of Brittany? What are we talking about? Of course, we are um, talking about the cruel summer that once was, um, the cruel summer that we're leaving behind. But cruel summer went number one. And of course, I'm talking about Taylor Swift. I feel like I didn't need to say that, but I guess for some of you, maybe you aren't familiar. Cruel summer was a single on Taylor Swift's Lover album four years ago. Okay. Fans were like, no, no, that didn't get its due. It never really like had the impact to pop music as people thought it needed. And so everyone was like, with the Eras tour and everything going on, we're going to make this the cruel summer, summer. And of course, the power of Swifties, they did it. Taylor's team got behind it. They sent the song to radio as an official single. Uh, they've, they've helped do some other promotional efforts that helped push it um, up the charts. But it's been in the Hot 100 for several weeks. And, you know, the movie came out, uh, the Eras Tour movie, uh, which broke records. Taylor continues to sort of redefine the entertainment industry and the way that she's doing all of this, which is just so fascinating and incredible. Um, but Cruel Summer is now the number one song on Billboard Hot 100. And that is The Power of Swifties, four years later. But also with Taylor, it's her romance is back in center stage. You know, she really took a break from being like in the limelight with her romantic life when she dated Joe for all those years. And no more. She's like out and proud with her new romance, Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and also, by the way, does Taylor have a type? Because all of these guys that she's dated publicly, I'm like, I don't know if I see like a really common thread. I maybe could between some of the early ones, like the Joe Jonas's and the Harry Styles. But now we've got Travis Kelsey in here. 
I am like, where, where does this woman fall? I don't know. Um, and, but I'm here for it, by the way, I am here for it. And I am, I don't know if I'm totally here for the way that the NFL has adopted her as their like official spokeswoman. Now they're like truly leaned into this where I feel like they're, they're spending more time talking about Taylor at the games than they are on the game itself as a football, like non fan. I'm totally fine with it because I'm not going to tune in either way. But it is insane to me that like viewership of Kansas City Chiefs games is like at a record high or something because of Taylor Swift, because people are just trying to get a glimpse of something that they're going to see online five seconds after it happens. So I don't know. It's it's really, really wild. Um, the Swi the power of the Swifties, like I said, they are they are they are a dedicated bunch. Let me say that. Um but of course, like that is all over the news everywhere that they go. They like surprise dropped in at SNL. They both sort of made various appearances. Um, and yeah, they're being photographed like crazy. I mean, it's like, it's truly, they're becoming the, you know, Megan and Harry and you know, actually who they're becoming. And I, I watched the Netflix documentary this last weekend, uh, of David Beckham. If you haven't seen it, it's just called Beckham highly highly recommend it i think it's four episodes um all about like an hour ish so um i watched them all like within a day um i was obviously trying to recoup and recover from as i said it's been a busy couple of weeks so don't judge me but yeah i binge watched them so so fascinating first of all like it's not only a you know walk down memory lane of his career but it's actually like the retelling of the love story between him and victoria and you know again if you know me the spice girls have defined me in so many ways in the way that i love pop music and the way that like i really came to enjoy pop culture um but posh was my number one and um i had a i had a poster of her in my bedroom growing up um and so i loved seeing you know her perspective of their romance, but it really was like she was in the stands at his games and they were like, they tried to be sort of private about it until they couldn't. And then, then they were everywhere and being photographed. And then it became about their fashions and the way that he was dressing. And, you know, it really like is mimicking a lot of what's happening between Taylor and Travis. And so it was interesting watching that story. You know, they've been together now for years and years and years. Um, and obviously this is new for Taylor and Travis. So it remains to be seen where this romance goes. But some of the ways in which it's like this hot topic and all over the news is really reminiscent of their story. And so, um, like I said, if you haven't seen Beckham on Netflix, I, I do recommend it because it's really, really interesting. And if you're not like a soccer fan or a football fan, um, depending on where you live, it's very heavily like you learn about, you know, Victoria and the Spice Girls and you learn a lot about like their kids and like how they had to move around. And so it's not like, you know, watching a documentary about sports um, because, you know, if it was, I'd probably have been tuned out before the first episode ended. And like I said, I watched them all together. Um, so um, that is going on um also at the eras tour movie premiere we got our first glimpse at the mean girls musical trailer it was a little teaser starring renee rapp as regina george um 
we're of course getting the musical version of the iconic pop culture phenomenon that is Mean Girls, um, and then became a Broadway musical hit. Um, and I've never seen the musical, so I'm very excited for the uh, for the movie version uh, that's coming out in January. But we got our first teaser, and somebody recorded it um, in the theater, and it made its way online and looks very interesting and entertaining. So I am ready to see, you know, all of our our uh, Caddy Heron, Gretchen Wiener, Regina Georges. I'm ready for them all. Some of our fav favorite characters, side characters from the movie are returning. Um, John Hamm is going to be Coach Carr. I mean, there's just like, it, it's like a pretty iconic lineup. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, and I was excited to see the first trailer. Also sort of burning up the my timelines and my feeds. Dancing with the Stars. And Maybe this is just me. I because I know Dancing with the Stars is like, you know, been on for what, like a thousand plus years. And I'm trying to decide, is it because I'm part of the Bravo universe and so much of what I follow and the people that I follow are part of this like Bravo fandom? Or is this truly like has Dancing with the Stars been like reborn? You'll have to tell me because if you're a Dancing with the Stars fan, maybe you're like, yeah, every year it's in the news and every year we're talking about all of it. But I feel like every time I'm on the internet, there's something about going on with Dancing with the Stars. There's, you know, romance rumors. Of course, we've got Ariana from uh, Vanderpump Rules. I almost said from Scandaval, which, yes, also. Um, and she, I, I watched one episode just to kind of see what was going on and, you know, Jamie Lynn was on it, so I needed to see what she was up to. And then um, she was on it, and I think it was the same episode she got uh, voted off. And then, but like Ariana is like really good. I think she might win it, actually. So that's exciting for her. She continues to win. Um, and then, of course, Mauricio is on it, and everyone's, you know, is Kyle going to show up in the audience? And now there's rumors that he was seen holding hands with his, his partner and you know which i guess is true because Kyle was on watch what happens live and kind of confirmed it that she that she was hurt by it so i don't know i don't know what's going on but it's every time i like i said every time i'm online i'm seeing something about dancing with the stars so i feel like it's very much relevant again but maybe that's just me maybe it's just the people that i'm following that you know are very interested in this um this season so but let me know shout out in the comments or you know follow me online and and let's talk about it because i probably won't watch a lot of it but i will be interested to see kind of how far our bravo labs make it um and then speaking of dancing uh, madonna is officially on the celebration tour we weren't sure if it was going to happen after she had to you know cancel a lot of the dates or pause the dates reschedule them i guess um due to the bacterial infection that put her in the hospital she was like in pretty critical condition from what it sounded like she has gone on stage and talked about how she didn't know she was going to make it and it sounded pretty dire so i mean it's wonderful to see her deliver this celebration tour from everything i can see online it feels mixed i've seen people saying that you know she's delivering she's got tons of costume changes it's what you would expect from a madonna kind of spectacle on the other flip side 
I'm also hearing that like maybe she's like not done all of the songs in the set list and that she's ended early. And so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but I know that I've seen, I know some folks that are going to the show and also some folks that have already been. And from what I can tell, they're all having a blast and good for her. I mean, I'm such a Madonna fan and I, you know, love, I, I would love to see her on this show, on this tour, but I'm also like, I feel like there's a bit of Madonna that like, she's looking for relevance in the wrong places. It's like, I'd rather see her age gracefully and understand that like maybe she can't do all of the things that she used to do when she was on stage and that's okay we we still celebrate that um and so I've been like a little concerned about the things that I was seeing online that kind of like I wasn't ready to like invest in it but we'll see maybe I'll maybe I'll end up catching one of the one of the uh shows when it uh, comes through but um but yeah that has kicked off um, this last week, we also got the premiere of Winter House. Um, it's, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm feeling quite yet. I thought it was good. I thought it was strange that we didn't address where Amanda was. Um, you know, Kyle like shows up with Corey and they have like their first night. And at some point, like Kyle said like, oh yeah, Amanda will be here tomorrow or whatever. But I thought it was just strange that like straight off the bat, it wasn't like, oh, Amanda's like back at home working or she couldn't make it because of this. It was like almost an afterthought that like maybe producers thought that we wouldn't wonder where Amanda was. So I was very curious. And then this is the first time that they're bringing like uh, the ca an ensemble cast from all the different stuff. So we've got somebody from... Um, family karma we got brian we've got um folks from below deck on we've of course got tom schwartz which we knew and we've seen him on uh, winter house before with sandoval but i'm uh, i'm just i'm not sure and then jordan from martha's vineyard but that's part of the summer house family i don't know it's there's just a there's an energy that i'm like do all of these people really like are they gonna have storyline the way that the you know, Summer House cast did when they brought it all to Winter House. It was like, I guess also there's no Southern Charm people this year. And in the past there were Southern Charm because we had Austin and Craig. I don't know. So maybe it's not that unusual. I just feel like this time I was like, do these people really know each other? And then of course none of them are like, oh, we know each other because we're all reality stars. And so we've met each other at like Bravo events. They're like, oh, I like met this person like a couple of years ago. And it's like, well, but are you friends? And is that going to like, like translate into a season? I mean, the season looks like it, you know, is going to be fun and there's some drama and there's some, you know, stuff that we're going to like get into some romance and stuff. So I'm interested, but I'm cautious. I, I also know that this was filmed like a year ago. I mean, this was filmed so long ago and so much has happened since then. So, I mean, they're literally talking about Scandaval having just broken like a week before. And so that's now how long ago this has been that they're filming. And so I'm like, I wonder if this is going to feel relevant because again, so many things have happened with these cast members and, and stuff since then that I, I we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, and time will tell, but, uh, we've got the premiere of that, um, 
also, I know I said that we weren't going to talk the woman in me because I've got a whole episode coming of that. But um, the one thing I will say is we got the online, the audition of Brittany um, for The Notebook. You know, we had heard about this for years and years. They have talked about how Brittany potentially could have been Rachel McAdams part in The Notebook. And I think people really thought that like that was kind of a joke or like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But so the um, casting director released her audition tape and people are like blowing up about it. They're like, wow, this is um, really incredible. Like she does an amazing audition. And and he even said, I actually pulled the quote. He said, Scarlett Johansson, Claire Danes, Kate Bosworth, Amy Adams, Jamie King and Mandy Moore all auditioned for this role. Britney Spears beat out all of them. Everybody who was anybody that year wanted this part. So, and Brittany apparently says in her book that she was, um, like, offered the role and essentially turned it down. And so that is, was pretty shocking, but the casting director came with the receipts and we're loving that. So if you haven't seen it, I urge you to, because it's, it shows that, like, Brittany has got some range. Um, so check that out. What else? You know, I I find it really hard. I know everyone is kind of talking about it, that this year has been really difficult on romances and relationships. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I know some people in my personal life who have had relationship struggles this year. And it's like the energy of this year is like, is not great. Um, And it's, it's, sad it's really sad but um just in this last month we have heard a ton of romances that and relationships that have ended um Marin Morris and her husband Ryan Hurd filed for divorce um we learned Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith apparently have been separated for years and years um you know that was like her big revelation from her book that she's now on a book tour and she can't stop talking about it and you know it feels a little bit manufactured um for the book and for the sales of the book because if you don't remember or if you don't remember which i can't imagine is the uh is the case but about a year ago we're talking about the famous slap that was heard around the world when will smith said get your get my wife's you know motherfucking name out of your mouth to chris rock before he slapped him across the face and I am just like, what? I'm so confused because why were we, why did we get so passionate about that when you're separated from this woman for six plus years or whatever? It's like, it, I don't know. I don't understand it. Why, and why are we, so, you guys are separated for the, but like not divorced for the children's sake or I don't know. It's, I'm a little bit confused by it to each their own, but it was, it was certainly a shocking kind of revelation that she came forward with. Um, But then our queen, Meryl Streep, announced that her and her husband were like the same thing. They would have been separated for like seven years. And like, I don't know who her husband is. So I'm going to, maybe I'm like in the minority here. But I started thinking, well, maybe there is like some, you know, tax reasons or, you know, Maybe they didn't have a prenup, so it's, like, cheaper for her to not, like, split all of her earnings or something with him. 
And so she just like pays him some kind of like, you know, spousal support or something every year. I don't know there. I don't, I don't know any of this. So don't, don't come for me with, because I have not facts, fact checked any of this, but I'm like, maybe that's like part of the reason. I just don't understand why you'd separate for so many years, but never actually divorce. That just feels like, it feels like purgatory. It's like, if you don't want to be with that person, why are you not completely separating? So I don't know. Um, but that was that was news that came out. Uh, Josh, Joshua Jackson and Joni, Jody Turner Smith also filed for divorce. Um, Lauren Manzo uh, from Real Housewives of New Jersey, uh, Caroline Manzo's daughter and her husband Vito, they filed for divorce. Uh, she has come out and said that this has been in the works for a long time and that they're amicable and they just decided that, you know, that this was best. Um, and then breaking news this week is that PK and Dorit are apparently living in like either separate houses or and that they are also separated but privately and they have come out with a statement because this like took off right as you know Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills was premiering which we'll get into in just a second it like came out as news like breaking news as as the premiere was about to take place so it felt a little um convenient they have since come out that and said that isn't true, that they experienced a tough year, but they're more in love than ever. And, you know, they're, you know, they're not separated and that they're very much together, living together. But then on Watch What Happens Live, a fan asked, what do you guys think about this to Kyle and Teddy? And Kyle was, first of all, shocked. She was like, oh, I hadn't heard that. And then Andy was like, but had you heard it? before the news broke and before it was like in the headlines and she like kind of smirked and she was like no but she you know looked like maybe she was saying yes so I don't know I was like was that sort of a admission to that and then um the other thing is if we remember at BravoCon last year Andy asked the very shady question to Erica Jane who do you think is the next Bravo celebrity to you know, split up. And she said PK and Dorit, which ends up playing out in the premiere episode. And so it's like, people obviously think that there is something going on. And now like there's photos of PK like around town where he's not wearing his wedding ring. And so I don't know. I don't know if that is another relationship that's about to end, but tough year for relationships. And I, surely hope that everyone is finding their happiness and that, you know, we can all move into a healthier and more loving place in this new year. Um, but let's get into the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere, shall we? Because that, um, that was on this week and I, you know, it was, it was interesting because I kind of was like, you know, we don't have Rena this year. So like, do we have a villain? Do we have sort of that antagonist? Do we have the person that's going to really come in and stir the pot and, you know, keep the storyline moving? And I, I, I think verdict is out on that. I was a little bit like curious where we were going to go because obviously we knew the Mauricio and Kyle story is going to play out, but we, the separation news broke after the cameras went down. So we also, I didn't really know what we would actually get in the season. And it does seem as though we are going to get that storyline, especially right here in the premiere. They've already, 
you know, there's already signs that something is afoot. Um, but I felt like this premiere episode was really all about the side players. Um, I mean, does anybody else feel like kinship to Eagle Woman? That's her name, by the way, if you haven't watched. Her name is Eagle Woman. And Dorit hosts this, like, spiritual uh, get-together, uh, like, therapy session, hosted by Eagle Woman, who I also was unclear what she actually does. Um, she, But at one point she was like, oh, I love the, that that rock is looking at us because it looks like a grandfather. And it's going to watch over us. And, like, I, I mean, the producers, I think, just found, like, a random rock. And they were like, okay, let's just, like, get a, get a quick shot of that fucking rock over there and call it a day. Um, I don't know. I also saw, like, some of the women just, like, trying not to laugh when they met Eagle Woman. Um, I thought it was hilarious. But then I was like, what did she actually do? Because she was like, okay, we're going to all just air our grievances and everyone go around and this is a safe space. And then Dorit, of course, who's hosting, was like, Erica, I have a problem with you because of what you said at BravoCon and about PK and I. And Erica came out, was like, well, do you have a strong marriage? And of course, Dorit says that they do and that she thought that was really insensitive. And then Erica has a breakdown and is like, I was in a bad place and I said things I shouldn't have and that wasn't nice. And, you know, so she's crying and Eagle Woman's like, it's a breakthrough. We've broken through. But then, like, she's like, anyone else want to go? And then Kyle's like, I'll go next. And then Kyle says her piece about, like, what was going on with the Kathy situation last year and how she felt sort of abandoned and, and you know, why she felt like she didn't, like, comfort the other woman because she was exhausted by the relationship with Kathy and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, oh, I, and then they ultimately, like, I felt like everyone was also getting really cold because at one point, like, they showed Dorit, like, going to get her jacket and, like, putting it on. And then Eagle Woman's like, okay, I suggest we all start doing a little bit of movement and and a move. And, and then every all the girls, like, get together and have a group hug. And then she's like, perfect, we're perfect. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, how much did this woman get paid? Because all she had to do was say, all right, let's all air our grievances in a circle and then hug at the end. And, I mean, I, I have to assume she's getting paid from these women. And I'm like, where do I get that job? Because, you know, I'll, you know, call me Hawkman and I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'm, I'm here for it donkey boy, whatever, whatever you want to call me, pick an animal and a gender. And here I am. I'm here for it. Um, because I would love to do some healing with these women and uh, just basically help facilitate them opening up. Um, but yeah, so that was incredible. And then also side player, Jennifer Tilly. Hello. Um, we've seen her like in a glimpse before on the show, but she actually had a full scene with Sutton. We do know that Sutton and her are like besties. Um, they travel all the time together. They, I mean, they truly, truly feel like they're best friends. Um, and so we got to see a little bit of that. And, you know, what a treasure. I, I've said it before on this podcast that I th think maybe Jennifer Tilly could like make a housewife. But I also... I don't know. I think I like her in this like role, but I'm like, maybe she's the Mary of, 
of Beverly Hills. Like maybe she's this like, you know, kind of eccentric woman that comes in and like says like hilarious things off to the side. And, and then, but she's really nothing like Mary actually, as I'm saying it is like, she was kind of a voice of reason. She was like very like supportive of Sutton and kind of leading her in really positive ways. So I, I was really enjoying her. I was, and I felt like we needed more Jennifer Tilly and maybe we'll get more. Um, but I would love to see her a more like staple on the show. And then what else? I mean, Erica's bringing looks, you know, she, she went through a lot in the last few seasons and I don't know where I stand with, you know, Erica Jane. And I just, I feel like, it's very clear that she was aware because she mentions it. Like I'm walking in to these women without my friend, Lisa Rinna, who was always the one to sort of pull her out and protect her in these kind of group situations. And so she was very aware of that. And she said that, and the Bravo producers cut to, you know, Lisa Rinna's email where she quote unquote resigned. We actually know the story there because Andy has shared it, that Lisa Rinna sent an email that's like one night after the reunion or whatever that said that she's not coming back. And then the next day called and said, oh, no, just kidding. I do want to come back. And then Bravo was like, oh, no, we're actually not offering you a contract. So it was nice of them, I think, to like give her that due by showing the email because it's going to make her feel good and her ego. Um, but... You know, it's very clear that Erica knows that that's something that she has going against her going into the season is that she doesn't have a lot of allies. And she mentions it, you know, in even the trailer for like next week when she's talking to Dorit and she's like, I don't have a lot of friends. So I I think that she's aware of that. And I wonder how that's going to sort of influence the way that she shows up. And I think that worries me. And I think that's like Garcelle sort of nailed it as like, Erica's breaking through and Erica's like seemingly like showing empathy for other women where in the past she really struggled with some of that. But then it's like, but how authentic is all of that? And so I don't know, time will tell, but I will say she's bringing the looks. And of course, you know, she's saying that she's lost all this weight from some hormones. Um, Dorit very shadily in her confessionals um, said, is hormones spelled O-Z-E-M-P-I-C? Um, so she kind of calls her out for being on Ozempic, potentially, allegedly. Um, but, you know, she looks great, How whatever she's doing, hopefully, you know, doing something healthy. Um, but she looks great, and she is turning looks. I mean, I am trying to think. I think we only got, like, one confessional look from Kyle, maybe two. Um, but I can only picture really one. I feel like I can only picture one for Dorit because it's a wild one. I, by the way, I don't know if I'm loving Dorit as a brunette. I think she needs the blonde hair and this like Chanel confessional look. It's just too much. It's like, it looks like an ad for Chanel. She's, it's like team too much. It's like, I like a more subtle look. Um, so, but like Erica, we had at least three confessional looks from her in this episode and all of them were stunning so she's she's bringing the looks um and then you know we got like a, a touching scene with garcelle and her sons um her twin boys who are 15 although it was kind of insane watching 
her walk one of them through how to pump gas. And I was like, you're 15. And then he was like, I can't wait to drive. And I'm like, oh, no, you can't drive if you don't know how to pump gas. So but, um, you know, there was some a touching scene with them where they talked about her, you know, how her work schedule has brought her away and how they feel like she wasn't maybe there as a parent in some cases. But um, yeah, I don't know. We we didn't get a lot from from Crystal this episode. We didn't get anything from our newbie. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's really it. Um, just kind of an intro. Oh, of course we got the Mauricio and Kyle. How could I forget? We got the scene. It kind of ended the episode with them where Kyle's like, you know, we never see each other. We have to schedule appointments just to talk about our schedule. Um, you know, Mauricio's like talking about golfing and he's got to go to, you know, Portugal and he's got these, he can't, because he's going to Portugal, he can't go to Coachella. And Kyle's like, yeah, well, I can't go to Portugal and I've got stuff going on too. And I don't know. So you definitely can sense the tension there, but the, the craziest part, which is now I've seen it all over, all over the internet is that he doesn't know how many tattoos she has. And he's like, how many tattoos do you have now? And she's like five. And he's like, I can, I thought you only had three. And she shows them all the tattoos that he, that she has. And she's like, well, maybe you should be looking at my body a little bit more closely. And, you know, he makes this face like, like he was shocked that she sort of called him on that. Um, and then uh, on camera, obviously. And then she, you know, mentions that, um, she might get another one. And he's like, no, I won't allow it. And she's like, well, it's not up to you. And I'm going to get another one. And that's like where you're really seeing like, oh, is he like super controlling? Has that always been the case? Is this just like tension that has been brewing, but it didn't feel playful and fun the way that like Mo and Kyle have been in the past. And even when they've like argued in the past, you kind of felt like there was still love there. Did not feel that in this scene. So TBD on what we've got to come for there, but I feel like we've got a lot. And then um, in the preview for next week, it already looked like we're already getting into Mauricio's mother is like, Kyle, what's going on? I'm, I can't go online without seeing divorce rumors or cheating rumors and looks like we're heating up. So um, very excited about that. Following the premiere we, as I mentioned, we had Kyle and Teddy were on Watch What Happens Live. Um, you know, I know that Teddy gets a ton of hate online about being like the worst housewife in history and super boring and that, you know, all the things that have happened about her. Um, God, what's that business that she has? Her accountability coaching business where she like basically tells people to lose weight, they should like eat like a piece of lettuce. Um and she's like, ooh, I've got a really great recipe where you put like a piece of lettuce and then you put like a, a crumble of cucumber um, on it. And that should be like your dinner. Um, she's gotten like a lot of hate in the past for that. And of course, now she's got her podcast with Tamara and where she talks about housewives and everyone calls her really thirsty. Like she she's just trying to get back on the show. Well, first of all, she's debuted a new look last night. It was wild. I mean, I I felt like she was hardly recognizable with the things that she has done to her face and then 
that hair. I mean, she's like going bleach blonde. It was, it was a wild look. But everything that people say online about her, I'm sorry, it's true. I'm sorry. It's, it's not nice to say those things. And I feel, you know, bad when people get attacked online in that kind of way. But she like is not doing herself any favors. She does come across thirsty. She is actually very boring. Like even when she's trying to be like messy, it like it comes across as like, oh, she's trying to be messy, which actually just reads as boring. And the one thing is, you know, Andy was like, he always plays with some of his guests, this Bravo own or Bravo. No, you didn't or something um, where people that are like obsessed with Bravo shows kind of give their hot takes on various things that he asks. And he, so he did that with Teddy, given her sort of takes on their podcast. And I was like, everything that she asked about Beverly Hills, at least she made about her. It was like, he would be like, what do you feel about, you know, um, seeing, you know, the tension between Kyle and Mauricio in tonight's episode? And she's like, well, you know, when I first filmed um, my first season, I was going through something with my husband that we weren't saying on camera. And so I felt like I really resonated with it. And it's like, okay, but first of all, I didn't know that there was anything going on with your husband. So you just, it was like she was baiting Andy to like, be like, oh, there's a storyline there. We should have like followed that or like, what's going on? Let's find out more. Um, and she did that with like every question that was asked. It was like some, it always came back to something that she did when she was either on the show or something that she's doing currently. And it was like, that's not what he asked. He asked about your opinion about what's on the show. You're not on the show. So why are you talking about you? It was very strange. Um, but, you know, it was it was an interesting, you know, Andy kind of went there with Kyle. She, he asked a lot of the questions, you know, what's going on with Morgan? What's true? What's not? What's going on with Mauricio? Are you guys, you know, in uh, the same house, which we learned that, you know, he's in the primary and Kyle has moved into another room, but they're under the same roof. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he asked about the Dancing with the Stars uh, rumors that he was seen holding hands with his partner and, you know, Kyle said she was very hurt by it. Um, you know, she, she went there and she also, you know, addressed that like people are saying that this is all done for ratings post scandal. Um, that there's a lot of talk online that like Kyle and Mauricio, because they're so strong as a couple, they're actually taking one for the team to, for ratings of the show to say like, we're, we'll have a whole storyline about, us separating and we'll put it in the news and we'll make it a big a big thing the way Scandaval did in order to like drive the ratings up um and she's like that's really hurtful because my family's going through something really painful and so to think that we would be faking it for the sake of a show is is not right um so yeah so we'll see um if we have a season I you know I always love my Beverly Hills girls and I always think that like the show brings a different perspective than some of the other cities um but we'll time will tell um and then also just I guess closing out uh Roni is coming to an end uh the final uh reunion episode is airing this weekend um we are putting a pin in this rebooted version or era of Roni. I don't think Jenna Lyons will be back. I, she doesn't seem interested in this platform 
Um, I think she did it as an experiment for herself. Um, I don't know that she is interested in coming back, though. She just doesn't, she doesn't strike me as having enjoyed it or really understanding it. And, um, you know, I, I think that they're, the cast, it was good, not great. Um, you know, it's definitely not our old school Roni. And I know that that's like an unpopular thing to say because everyone says it's like a lazy thing to say. Like, of course, we're never going to get our Ramona, Sonia, Luann, Dorinda's. We're never going to get that again. That's magic. But it's like, but that is what we're trying to accomplish, though, is like we need we need magic. And, you know, I also was thinking, I feel like Jenna Lyons actually might have had a, more of a shot and would have been more like interested in continuing on in this platform if she had joined the previous women. Because I'm thinking like, you know, a Jenna Lyons and a Carol, uh, Jenna Lyons and a Heather, Jenna Lyons and I mean, so many of these people, I think there's there's a potential there that she actually could have played really well and fit in with some of these other ladies where I think her being sort of the matriarch of this first season, like didn't end up ultimately playing out in the way that I think that Bravo had hoped. Um, and some of the people that started really strong, like the Aaron's, uh, and I think even Sai sort of started strong and, and Bryn, I feel like sort of faded by the end. I think that Bryn is strong enough to come back. I think Jessel is like killing it. She was on rolling or in Rolling Stone. I mean, she's like coming out as kind of the breakout. And she started, I remember when I did my uh, premiere recap on Roni, I said, oh, we don't need Jessel. Like she was like a, like a non-character. She was quiet and in the background and I don't care about her story. By the end, she was sitting right next to Andy and she's like the one that I'm like, if anyone's coming back, it's Jessel. So, you know, I definitely think that like, I think Uba realized that she sort of sat in the background a little bit too much because I like Uba. Um, I mean, I like seeing, I like feasting my eyes on Uba on the screen because she's such a beauty, but she did. She sat in the back a little bit too much and I think she realized it. And so when she came in, she came in too hot on Jenna Lyons. Like in the reunion, there was just like moments where Andy was talking about like two other people and then Uba would be like, yeah, and Jenna Lyons is not who you think. And it was like, and Andy's like, um, okay, I guess we'll get to that later. Cause like, that's not what we're talking about right now. Came across very weird. And I feel like she realized like, I need to have a, I need to have a our enemy that I can like spar with in this reunion. Otherwise I'm, you know, I'm sitting on the end of the couch. I'm not going to be back. So I felt like it was coming across too much. So yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't, I liked how we started it. I didn't love where it went. I thought it moved way too slow. And I don't know where to go from here because I feel like I do want maybe some of our original women back and put them with some of these newer players and let's get back to form. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting though. I'll be, I'll of course continue watching and see where, where we go from here. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, you know, everything happening in pop culture, at least from my perspective. Um, of course, if I'm missing something big, let me know because hello, send me the link, send me the receipts. I need to know. Um, I want to be up to date. So, so 
uh, definitely follow me on all the socials. I'm at CM Vetrano. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in for another edition of our pop culture roundup. We'll of course bring these to you every month. Um, and we've got some, you know, fun fall holiday themed content that's coming up, some fun interviews. Um, so don't forget to rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Gist. And until next week, uh, it's Chris Vetrano. And next week is my birthday, guys. So we're having a birthday episode. So please come back and tune in and be with me. Um, and I will talk to you all then. Until then, have a great weekend and a great week to come. Bye.